O'Neill Cruz has been demoted, optioned out to Indianapolis, and the team itself for 2022. Yeah, right? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates coming to you from Bradenton, Florida. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll check out. The Pirates beat the Red Sox here 6-2 yesterday. Mitch Keller pitching really well again. Four scoreless innings. Home runs from Hoy Park, Daniel Vogelback, and Kevin Newman with a three-run blast that still hasn't landed. He's having a pretty promising spring. New stance. Something of a new approach, more upright. We can talk about that later on in the week. But all of that ended up getting blown to bits from a news perspective within minutes after the final out, with the team announcing that Cruz would be optioned out. Now, if you listen to this show regularly, you'll know that I shared with you from my previous trip at the very beginning of spring training down here that I had heard that Cruz and Rowanzi Contreras, the top pitching prospect, were both going to start out the year in Indianapolis. So obviously this wasn't going to be something that was going to knock me over. It probably didn't knock you over either. Now, I'm sure it did knock over a whole bunch of other people, and I'm sure it's made even the people who aren't surprised by it, upset, and understandably so. Ever since Ben Charrington, Derek Shelton, and everybody else was brought in a little more than two years ago, it had been made clear that they were going to be rebuilding. And along the way, acceptance gets sought from the fan base. A level of understanding gets sought. So if you're part of the fan base and you've given that acceptance and understanding, and then the kid hitting the one-handed check swing moonshots is just about to arrive in Pittsburgh. After you got to see him in the final weekend of last season, just as this is about to happen, Lucy pulls the football away again. I'm totally getting this. And I don't begrudge anybody feeling as they do about it. But I guess the part that probably really should stick with people, because every team does this. There's nothing out of the ordinary with moving a player down and letting him spend a month or two down there to make sure that you retain the player's rights for an additional year, delay their free agency. That's just common sense, as I've been saying on here for months. All of everything related to Major League Baseball's economics tends to be skewed against teams like the Pirates. When you have any loophole that you can seize, you got to do it. But even then, everyone does this. The Dodgers do it. The Yankees do it. The Cubs do it. Everyone does this. The difference here 
is that it feels like they're already pulling the chute on the coming season, and that is getting old. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. O'Neill Cruz can benefit from going to Indianapolis. He can finally add onto the 29 official plate appearances that he's had at that level. When you add those to the nine he had that weekend in PNC Park, he's had 38 total plate appearances above double-A Altoona. No question he'll learn some. There's also no question, certainly wouldn't be after I brought it up with Derek Shelton following the game here yesterday, that Cruz is going to spend some significant time in the outfield in Indy. Would the multiple positions have something to do with this decision, meaning that you'd want to see him down there? Yeah, there is. I think there is development in that. We need him to get out in the outfield a little more. I mean, he has not been out there very much. And I mean, I think we're talking about a young player that hasn't spent, a, you know, a bunch of time over the, the double-A level. And there were some things that we've specifically targeted to make sure that, you know, we continue to maximize how he's going to help us in Pittsburgh. But what about the team? What about this team? What about this year? I have never been of the belief that 2022 was going to be Charrington's target year. I did and still do hope to see progress. You can't be losing 101 games again. You can't have just one or two players getting better and rising up. You've got to start showing results, both individually and and collectively, but there are going to be people who wanted it sooner, who wanted it this year, who don't like thinking of things in terms of four or five or six years or whatever it is. This is year three of this management group. Don't let them off the hook because of the pandemic-shortened season or the fact that they didn't get uh, the kind of development that they'd have wanted to in 2020 because that applies to every team. And these players did get a year older. The prospects, the Quinn Priesters, and so forth. And time did, in fact, pass. Might not have felt like it at certain points, but it did. And this is year three. And if by demoting this player, certainly for a month, but maybe longer, the Pirates keep one of their most talented players, regardless of his level of being polished, off the roster on purpose because of something that might or might not impact them six years from now. That's going to be seen by a lot of people as punting on this season. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to have that much of a counter for it. I'm just not. 
I don't think they'd be wrong in feeling that way. I don't. I don't. But that's because I feel comfortable thinking of it in some kind of pragmatic way. Somebody who's going to be less pragmatic, less patient, is going to see this as, oh, well, there goes another year. This one hasn't even gotten started. I was just about to get excited about some of these players, the way Keller's throwing and Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, a full year of Yoshi, maybe you get some power out of him, a promising bullpen. And now it's just like, yep, here we go. It's another experimentation. It's a tough, tough team to follow, much less love. It really is. And you, you specifically, I'm talking to you, are borderline insane for pushing play on this episode. I have no idea why you did. But you know what? I'm still going to have a J1Q right after this. J1Q, and today's comes from Michael Moscato, who asks very simply, learn the outfield? This is annoying. And yeah, it's annoying and for the right reasons, for healthy reasons. People want to get to the year. And I'm not in any kind of position to convince or even slightly influence the Pirates, but my own stance on this, and I've spoken it on this show and I've put it into writing, is that 2023 has to start being the first of the years. It really does. The timetable for how long they'll have been in place by then will be very unkind. And so will I and a lot of other people if they don't take that year seriously. And that means, first and foremost, a $100 million payroll, regardless, regardless of the state of the roster, meaning how young they are. Whatever it is that you don't spend on the kids, go spend it on reinforcements. Go spend it on veteran help, but get moving. I never thought it was going to be this year. But yeah, I can see where it's annoying. I really can. Learning the outfield, I'd say the part of it that annoys me, Mike, is the timing. They've had O'Neill Cruz on their watch for all this time that I've been citing again and again through this episode. They're not new here anymore these management guys. If they looked at Cruz at any point in his time and thought to themselves, man, we're going to have to have him in the outfield. Not that he can't play shortstop, but we have better shortstops. And realistically, look at this organization. There's just nothing, nothing coming in the outfield. I've heard... A couple of names get tossed around down here. Jack Sawinski. There's players that they got in the Joe Musgrove trade from San Diego that they kind of like. Maybe we'll see what they do. Uh, 
show me something. You know, oh, they keep running Jared Oliva out there. Has anyone ever seen with their own eyes Jared Oliva do anything good? If you have, my God, reach out to me, contact me, let me know. And I'm talking about A-ball. Show me anything that this kid's ever done to warrant continued playing time. Because every single day he's in big league camp is another day that they're damning their own outfield prospects. So look at where the Pirates are at the Pittsburgh level and organizationally. They could use an outfielder. The part of this that I have a problem with is what are you doing this now for? Was this part of the the charade to avoid looking like you're uh, you know, doing this as service time manipulation? Maybe, I guess. That would kind of stink. All things stinks. It just does. There are times when you just step back and just say Major League Baseball just stinks. All the stuff you heard me complaining about for months, they didn't address any of it in this labor agreement, including service time manipulation. It's all still there, and it all still stinks. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. I'm heading down to Fort Myers today for Pirates versus Twins at Hammond Stadium, 1.05 p.m. If you happen to see a forlorn-looking guy who does not appreciate hot weather, much less the 90-plus degrees that that place bakes you with, uh, feel free to walk up and say hello. Just don't say anything nice about the weather. That's not me, man. (laughs) 